Thanks, Rob. Two quick, um, picking up a couple of announcements. Firstly, coffee this morning, we're going to take out in the foyer rather than in here. It's getting too crowded, and if prayer is happening, it's just mm -hmm. accidents are happening. So from now on, coffee will be served out in the foyer after the meeting, okay? And secondly, tonight we've got um, this worship and prayer starting for the next four Sundays. Um, it's partly in response to what's happened at Asbury recently, those who followed the, the university in America where um, people just stayed behind and started worshipping and they continued for two weeks nonstop. And we thought our worship here is, is becoming beautiful. It's very sweet. And we're just going to give God space tonight to see what he wants to say to us. We're going to worship. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for revival and just see what God does in our midst. Okay, so join us tonight if you're free at 7 o'clock. We say seven to eight, but I'm saying seven till we finish. And we'll just see what happens, okay? But you're free to come and go as, as you will. We sense it's important. We sense it's um, following what God is asking us to do as a family here. And um, just giving him space to come in and, and minister and speak to each one of us. Okay, the talk this morning is on healthy bodies. The next in the series of um, embodies how scripture embodies every part of our life, including our, our body. So a healthy body. Who remembers these? Swabs? How many of you hated using these swabs? For me, it was, I've got a terrible gagging reflex. So as soon as I put it in my mouth and tried to reach the back of my throat, I gagged. And it was not pleasant. After that, I had to shove it up my nose and twiddle it around. And I would invariably end up sneezing for the next 10 minutes. Anybody else feel like that? But we were given them to check our health. Check for COVID, check what was happening, see if our bodies were healthy or not. We were given them and dipping them into the fluid and all the rest of it to check and see how we were doing. And in this passage, Paul is writing to Timothy um, Paul is in prison, Timothy is in Ephesus, and the city was uh, not the nicest city in the world. There was um, worship of idols and, and goddesses and all sorts of things going on. And there was also, it was almost like becoming a cult of physical training. You know how the, the Romans and the Greeks spent a lot of time training the body, looking absolutely, you know, Adonis and all the rest of it. And it almost become a cult. And I was, I was thinking how today it's beginning, it looks like, to head back that way. All the gym programs that are going on today for fitness. Um, you can go on Booty Camp, Total Body Reset, Burn Boot Camp, Peak Fitness Boot Camp, Daily Grind Fitness, Fearless Fitness, CrossFit Grit, Dueling CrossFit, all these programs help you get fit. Um, and they're good. They've done it because they realize, as they've, this recent study has suggested, in 30 years' time, 50% of this population is going to be obese. And um, isn't it funny how gluttony is really talked about these days in the church? One of the so-called seven deadly sins, we don't tend to talk about gluttony. But what does scripture have to say about our bodies and healthy bodies? And Paul was 
beginning to, to hint at it there, and there are quite a few references, believe it or not, to fitness. Um, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, it says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body. Fearing the Lord and shunning evil. Chapter 4, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For those who find, they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. So scripture is teaching us that actually the fear of the Lord, shunning evil and paying attention to God's word brings health to our body. Chapter 14, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. It's funny how often the body is mentioned in Scripture. Chapter 20, the glory of young men is their strength. Gray hair, the splendor of the old. Now, as Katie said last week, our bodies are aging, creaking and groaning. Um, you should see me after I've been sitting in a car for an hour and a half. When I get out, I'm waddling like an old duck. My body is stiff and all the rest. So much so, um, Trish decided to do something about it for me. I love her for this. First thing she did was she bought me a Fitbit. And I've got this challenge of 10,000 steps every day to do. I'm on 5,599 so far. And I can keep walking back and forth here because it's going to add my total. She also, um, we were recently in holiday in Greece, and she booked us in for a massage, a back massage. She thought, Mal, your body is looking so old, you're waddling around. A massage is what? First time ever. So for 30 minutes, I had my back pummeled doing this massage. And I got up afterwards, I jumped up, I ran around and sat down and had an ice cream. It was brilliant. <laughs> but God is saying his word and the fear of him brings health to our bodies. When Paul wrote to Timothy, he says something very interesting. He said, actually, um, physical fitness is good. But godliness reaches every part of your life. Now, I used to be a PE teacher. I know all the theory of physical fitness and the importance to train and train. I was um, with Luke Sturgis Durden this week. And on his fridge, he's got his times for completing the London Marathon. Two hours 45, two hours 38. Incredible. Luke, how much training did you do to reach those times? Don't say none. Don't say none. 60, 70 miles a week in training to run a marathon. Um, I know that theory, how good that is if you want to reach a goal like that. But doing it, that's something else. I never saw the point of running. Give me a ball I could chase. I could see the point of that. But running along a road and then turning around and running all the way back, I thought, well, 
why, if, if you want to get back to where you started, why stay with there in the first place? You don't. <laughs> but fitness has become a cult. And scripture tells us to look after our bodies. And today, we all have health issues. Our bodies are growing old, decaying. It was never meant to be that way. Our bodies were originally created perfect, just like the earth was created perfect. But today we have earthquakes, we have famines, we have natural disasters. That was never God's plan. And it was never God's plan that my body should get old and decay and my hair fall out. That was never his plan. But it happens. And it's what do we do about it? I am, um, Trish and I used to spend this holiday in Greece, uh, in Egypt. We got those pictures, Peter, can you put up for me? I went into some of the tombs in the Valley of the Kings. And you know, as soon as you become a pharaoh, they start preparing you for the afterlife. They start building your tomb from the day you become king, become a pharaoh. And the longer you live, obviously, the more ornate and bigger your tomb becomes. The Egyptians knew that this life of not that many years for pharaohs, most only lasted 10, 15 years. Then came the afterlife, the important bit. And they prepared these rooms for them and depicted what was going to happen. They put all the, the wealth into the tombs thinking they'd need them in the afterlife. They did all, did all this. We don't like talking about death. It's you know, the subject we don't talk about as a church. Um, but we're told to store up treasures in heaven, not treasures on earth. And when they broke into these tombs, um, most of them had been stolen, all the wealth had been stolen. Tutankhamun's tomb was one of the few that wasn't. But in Ramesses the fourth, sorry, go back to the next one. In Ramses IV's tomb, there was a bit of graffiti. And in the 5th century, monks were being persecuted by the Romans, and they hid in the very tombs that the pharaohs had. And they, they scribbled some Coptic um, Egyptian on the walls and drew pictures of two monks having to hide from um, persecution. I want us very quickly to look at Paul's chapter here, what he was saying. Do you know, most, most people agree that they call it spirituality, but they say practicing spirituality is good for your body. And I was looking up some of the research, and it says this, if you practice spirituality, if you pray, and if you worship, you get a stronger immune system, you have a lower risk of depression, stress reduction, lower blood pressure, better sleep. These are all the effects of spending time being spiritual. And they're doing all this research now. They just need to look at scripture. Scripture tells us that. And worship changes your body metabolism. Worship is one of the most important things we can do. We are created to worship. We are created to give God praise. 
And Paul is writing to Timothy, and uh, he says, bodily training is of some value, but godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also the life to come. So Paul was telling Timothy, practice these things. Practice godliness. And then he said, command and teach these, thing, these things. And I love it when Paul tells the preacher to command these things. He says, set an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. So how are you doing on those things as a spiritual checkup? How are you doing in setting an example in speech? the way you treat others, the way you complain about something. How are you in your conduct, the way you treat people? How are you in love? And we, we tend to think of love in only, in only one context, but in loving your enemies. How good are we at that? In, in changing our lives and, and reflecting what God has asked us to do. Because it affects our health. How are we in faith? Living by faith. Trusting God for all things. Do we put that into practice or do we pay lip service? And I think if, if there's anything that concerns me about the church is we do a lot of lip service to Scripture. We preach forgiveness, but don't practice it. We preach generosity, but don't give. We, we teach kindness, but practice cruelty. We preach loving our enemies, but in reality, don't. Paul here was speaking to a young minister, and he was saying, practice these things, immerse yourselves in them so that everyone may see your progress. The thing is, people are meant to see the difference God makes in our lives. We're meant to be salt and light in the earth. People are meant to see it. You know, the thing about salt is, salt doesn't lose its saltiness. Salt is salt is salt and stays as salt for years and years and years. On its own, it doesn't change. But Jesus warned us in Matthew 5, if salt loses its flavor, what's it good for? I was thinking, well, how did it lose its flavor if it can't lose its flavor? And I realized that in those days, salt was very precious. And actually, people's salaries partly paid in salt. And what the employers did was, oh, I've got to pay you so much in salt, that's expensive. I'll mix it with some flour. I'll mix it with some sand. And the salt became diluted. And it began to lose its saltiness. And then when you pass it on to somebody else, you also mixed it. 
and gave less and less. Salt loses its saltiness when other things dilute it. So what's diluting our walk with God? What, what, is, what is Paul saying to, to Timothy? He says, watch your life and your doctrine closely. We don't tend to go, I need to watch my doctrine. I've been taught in the church, I'm fine. And my life, well, come on, I'm, I'm, I'm forgiven. Jesus loves me, I'm going to heaven, that's all I need. But Paul's urging people, urging Timothy, come on, live your life so that others can see the difference. The great test of a church is if it were to close tomorrow, would anybody notice? And I always say if a church was to close tomorrow and nobody in the community noticed, then it probably should close. Because it's not doing the work it was meant to do. And the work, the work was to look after the poor, feed the hungry, uh, visit people. In, those are the jobs we're meant to do. And the community needs to see a church in action. And Paul here was saying the same thing to Timothy. Let them see what Christ is doing in your life. Let them see it. Let them practice it. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you'll save both yourselves and your hearers. It's that perseverance bit. It's the same as the training. It's the doing it regularly. I know that that back massage was great, but if I don't now do the exercises I've been told to do, I'll get back to my old ways, and in six months I'll need another massage. The key is to practice and to keep doing those things which help. And part of it is our worship. Put that into practice regularly, not just on a Sunday morning for 20 minutes. You think that's going to do it, we're mistaken. Psalm 104 says, My meditation of him shall be sweet. I'll be glad in the Lord. We're to, we're to practice our spirituality. We're to practice our worship. We're to spend time in his word. If we don't, then your spiritual life begins to creak and groan like an old body that's not regularly getting into fitness habits. So can I encourage you here this morning? Healthy bodies are important. And I love today the fact that we are taking that seriously. My little grandson, Jesse, said to me this morning, I said, do you want a biscuit? He says, well, I don't have a biscuit every morning. I said, oh, why not? Well, because they're sugar and it's not good for you. teaching granddad old tricks. I know this is... But he has been taught what's healthy and what's not from a very young age. I want us to be seen to be spiritual people. I want us to be seen as people who put the word of God into practice. I want people to see the difference it makes in your life.
we are called, our official title is called Followers of the Way. That's what the early Christians were called. They were called Christians was a nickname, a bit of an insulting Christians, little Christs. Our official title is Followers of the Way. You see, there's a way and we need to follow it. There's a lifestyle we need to follow. There's a, there's a, there's a routine we need to follow. There's spiritual guidelines we need to follow. And what does Paul say in 1 Corinthians 10? Whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything to the glory of God. So can I encourage you this morning to do everything to the glory of God? Let's pray. Father, your word teaches us to pay attention to fear you, Lord, to shun evil, to pay attention to your words, to worship you, to know your peace. And Father, we don't want to have to be kept reminding of this and having to go for boosters every six months. We want to be a people, Lord, to put into practice the lifestyle you've called us to to worship you daily, to read your word daily, to help the poor and the needy, to reflect your love to those around us, to meditate on your word, Lord. Give us the strength and the courage to do it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.